are listening to the National College Lacrosse League's weekly podcast with your hosts, Paul Woody and NCLL President Jamie McNeely. Find us on the web at nclax.com. Hey guys, welcome to the NCLL Weekly Podcast. Uh, this week it's just uh, Jamie McNeely and myself. I'm Paul Woody, NCLL Media. Um, hey, Jamie, thanks for coming on board this week. Hey, anytime. I love being here, Paul. No, uh, no guests this week, no teams, just kind of talking about the league, um, how it's been so far. We're probably past the midway point of the season for most teams, um, but uh, rankings are really starting to take shape. We're really starting to be able to see who's. Um, you know, who's hitting their stride, who's playing well. We can kind of see uh, what might be coming down as far as the playoffs as I calm my dog down because there's a dog barking next door. That's a severe ground and barking. That's what's going on. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, the big year-end tournament and then, you know, the national championship and all coming up. So, um, I mean, we're going to blink and it's going to be mid-May and the season's going to be over. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, especially with April, everything's jam-packed, and then you have a, a late Easter, so it's it's a race to the finish. Yeah, Easter is very late this year. I, 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 it's just from my memories on Facebook, it you know, April 4th, a couple of years ago, we had uh, Easter. So, so, yeah, it is it is very, very late this year. So, um, so the D2 and the D2, or the D2 and the D1 uh, rankings for this week are officially up. Let's talk D2 first. Um, so, so far, here we are a couple days into April, a little over a month ago in the season. Who, who's impressing in D2 and who looks primed, um, uh, to, to, you know, to make a push in the national tourney this year? Um, you know, especially recently, you really start to see some teams with like six, seven, eight games underneath their belts. Um, you know, someone like a IUP or a UMass. They're slowly and steadily climbing up within, you know, striking against the top 10. Um, you know, and, and one of the reasons that Providence is still number one, and you saw the reaction like I did on Instagram from Fairfield, who's Division One. Um, you know, you, when you play a Division One team, you know, it, it's really for fun, but it doesn't go against your internal Division Two record. It just goes against your overall record. So until someone knocks off Providence in Division Two, uh, they'll be number one. But, you know, Westchester – is obviously at the top with RIT, you know, I'm just looking at the, the top 20 from today. Um, it's almost like flipping a coin, especially the way the division two championships work is for the, the vast majority of them, the top four teams from each conference comes in. So not only do they see each other at least once during the season, now teams get to come back, have a little scouting report and, and know what to expect from a team. They didn't see the first time. Right. Or have any information on. So, and the, the Providence ranking makes total sense to me. Yeah. Losing to a D, you know, to a, a high-powered D1 team, and you're in D2, shouldn't affect your your ranking. Um, prob- outside of that game, they're still undefeated, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they'll play UMass on Sunday, so that should be a big game if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that is, yeah, that will be a good game. Um, so then we have RIT, Westchester, Stevens, Georgetown, Akron, Kentucky. Um, Christopher Newport rounds out the top 10, and then, as you mentioned, IUP is in at 12. Um, going down the rest of the, I, I got a chance to see three of these teams last weekend at Rowan at the Laxfordani tournament that Rowan has um, every year. Uh, there's more information about that on our website, photos and a story about why they do that. Um, but Rowan Cabrini and the college of New Jersey all looked really strong. Cabrini, especially um, 
has an extremely talented attack. Now, I thought Rowan was the most balanced team I saw there. They have some big kids, um, and it's a big squad. Um, they have a really strong face-off guy. They have two really good goalies, really strong attack. Um, I don't know if that was – if their collapse in that tournament was because just, you know, playing so many games, and they had played Westchester the day before – um, but they came out looking great, um, but later in the afternoon um, just seemed to, to wear down. Like I said, I don't know if that was because of they were exhausted or what, um, but they, they did end up get, you know, getting knocked out of the playoff round. Um, yeah, I thought, that's, sorry, that's, a lot, that's a lot of lacrosse for yeah. a weekend. If you're playing Westchester on Saturday, and then, you know, I'm sure those kids were doing all the work, getting the tournament set up, getting up early. That does take a toll, you know? Yeah, those, those games started, I believe, 9 a.m. Sunday morning after the game at Westchester the day before. And I spoke to um, Ian Radigan, their, their president, and it, it, you could just tell the, how he was explaining the loss to, uh, um, to Westchester. It, just, it, it was like just one of those draining, exhausting games where they thought they were going to be able to make a push. They thought this was their year, and then things didn't go their way, and it was frustrating. Um, and then, yeah, it must have just snowballed in them, uh, on them on the tournament on Sunday, but Cabrini looked strong. Like I said, and then college of New Jersey too. I mean, you got to give it up for them uh, to make it through um, the entire day. They ended up beating, I believe Stevenson um, to win that tournament. So uh, good job for them, but it was great seeing all the teams. Ryder was there as well. Like I said, Stevenson was there. They made the trip. Um, I believe there was one other non NCLL team that participated, but it was a great weekend. Uh, despite the rain, um, everybody was out there, and the, I know the parents of uh, the, the fallen um, teammate was extremely appreciative. But it was really good for me. It was a good chance for me to see those teams because I hadn't seen any of them this year yet. Yeah, and when you think about it, at the end of the day, you know, like you said, Cabrini beats Rowan, then Stevenson beats um, Cabrini, and then TC and Jay ends up winning it all. Right. You know, it's, it's great for all those four teams, you know. So it's only going to make them stronger. Yeah, it was, and the results really were surprising to me as the afternoon went on, um, as the scores were rolling in, because they had multiple games going on probably like by 11 o'clock on a couple of different fields. It was kind of all playing out how I expected it to. And then the afternoon games, it just, yeah, it just totally blew my mind. Um, yeah. Any other big games come to mind for D2 this weekend? Um, I just want to go back to the top 10 with sure. Ithaca. Uh, they had, you know, they had a big weekend with uh, beating IUP and then Bloomsburg. Um, you know, they, they beat Syracuse, I think, two weeks ago. So I, I want to make sure that we didn't forget them. Yeah, this weekend, I mean, April is going to see a lot of lacrosse. So I know Eastern Michigan and Youngstown State are going to Toledo. Um, we already mentioned the Providence game. Oh, I'm just trying to get my schedule out here a little bit. But they're, they're just – anywhere you go, there's going to be a lacrosse game somewhere. Fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the this is the time of year where you know a couple of weeks ago we were looking at our schedules, going you know few and far between were the choices. Now it's holy cow, you know, starting Friday night into Sunday night, you know, pick your poison. You know, what are we what are we gonna what are we gonna get covered? I know we have some games up north being covered. We have a new guy down in um, out in Louisville uh, shooting Xavier and Louisville games, providing information from those guys. So it's good to keep track of those guys. Yeah, um, and, and Xavier had a great bounce back win against Ohio State, and I hadn't seen them the first game, um, which they really weren't competitive in. I think it was nine to two offhand, and then, you know, to beat them a month later says a lot about their improvement. Sure. Um, let's step on up to D uh, to Division One. Um, so Maryland, who had been 
They weren't the preseason number one. Navy was. What do you think, Jamie? Like week two or three, Navy or uh, Maryland took over the top spot in D one, <laughs> and and had and had been number one for maybe four or five weeks straight. Yeah, so it was actually Virginia was number one because they were defending champions and right. they lost two games in the first weekend. Uh, but they seem to have found their footing. Um, but yeah, the Maryland's taken over, so they've had a six or seven week stronghold, um, and they've played you know variety of competition has done really well. So, but then they get their first loss of the year last weekend. Right. And I think they were winning by two. And, Jim, you came back uh, at their Madison May- Mayhem tournament to tie and then win it, um, which was just very exciting overall. So that was great for the Dukes. So you got JMU be- topping Maryland. And then down in Annapolis, you have Penn State playing Navy, which was a two versus three, um, which, you know, at that point, if Penn State wins as the three, maybe JMU gets the number one spot. But it turns out that uh, Navy holds uh, holds them off at a serious second half comeback after being down like something like eight to two at halftime. Um, they get it close in the fourth quarter, uh, but they can't seal the deal. And Navy escapes Rip Miller Field with a 12-10 win over Penn State. Navy then gets the number one ranking, and Penn State comes in at five with JMU two, Maryland three. And as you mentioned earlier, Fairfield uh, all the way up at number four with their big win uh, over Providence. Now, how does that affect them? In terms of Fairfield? Yeah. What does the Providence win do for Fairfield's record or their their ranking per se? Like, you know, losing to a D1 team for a D2 school doesn't affect them. But beating the number one D2 team in the league, did that affect Fairfield's ranking? Um. It helps them a little bit just because luckily what it does allows us, you know, we have eyes on Providence. Like I was up there watching them play UMass Lowell and Bryant. And so to see them, you know, sometimes in some regions you can read scores, but you don't know if they're, you know, full games or tournament games. But when you, when you've seen teams and you can see um, the scores, you can kind of have an understanding of the quality of, of play in terms of talent on Fairfield. So by beating Providence and Providence was on a roll. I mean, it's their first regular season loss in two years. Uh, they only lost in the championship last year for the New York Metro New England to Stevens tech. So, you know, to do that is very, very difficult. So right. it kind of like it levels the playing field in terms of who we see out there. We can't see all 130 teams, but if we can get out there and see 80 to hundred, it allows us then to kind of guesstimate, so to speak on some of the other scores. Uh, for other teams that we just can't get to sometimes. Right. And then Stevens Tech ended up winning the national championship. So, right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and I know, and I know Providence wasn't happy last year about that. They were kind of surprised how tough it was. Um, so I'm sure they've been working the off season. Um, yeah. But just to go back to the, um, to the Navy game, that was nine to two. Um, and then I was there, it was 12 to five and Penn state went on a five goal run. Luckily Navy ran at the clock and did a great job. I um, mean, yeah, they're substituting a little bit, but, but Penn state definitely, if, if they play like that down the road, they're going to be very, very tough. And then we have uh, Penn, Virginia, Towson, Cincinnati, and Temple uh, rounding out the top 10 in D1. Coming in at 11 is Loyola, and we have Towson and Loyola playing tomorrow night up here in Towson, um, 8 against 10, or 8 against 11, I'm sorry. Uh, that's a pretty big game. Those are crosstown rivals. If you're not from this area, Towson and Loyola, what, Jamie, five miles maybe? Right, yeah, the, bat- the battle for Charles Street. Yeah, yeah. Charles Street, yeah. And, and I really think it's going to be one of the most competitive games in the past 10 years between those two teams. So, you know, if, if anyone can get to that, I mean, there's just so much top 10 going on. Right. And, and tomorrow, like, um, I think Salisbury's going to Navy. 
I know Temple's going out to um, to Pitt tomorrow to play. Then they're going to hit West Virginia and play Ohio State this weekend. You know, again, it's April, so <clears throat> pretty much from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. there's lacrosse somewhere in our, in our league going on. And I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Albany Albany plays six games this weekend: three on uh, Saturday, three <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, I mean yep. that's. <laughs> Now is that regularly scheduled, or is that a rain make or a snow makeup, or that's that's how they had it? That, that's pretty much how they have it um, for for Albany. What they've learned, I think, they they start really scheduling late March and then all of April just because of weather and getting facilities. Um, you know, so they're, they're let me see here. And I believe that on Sunday they have Syracuse. I'm trying to and Rutgers and Rutgers, right? right. Right. And on that Saturday, they have Cortland and Ithaca. So it's, it's going to be a great weekend up there in the Empire. Oh, so every game is, has, you know, for, you know a, a top 25 team. Right, right. Wow. And, and especially for some of these teams, like let's take Loyal and Towson, it really then starts to affect seeding. Who gets to possibly have a home game? Who's got to travel? So the importance of every game now, every weekend, it's magnified. Right. And for some, and for some teams, it's going to start knocking them out of consideration for the playoffs. Because Division One is the top sixteen teams. Do we know what's going on with Ohio University this year? I know they're not. I know last year they kind of sprung, you know, surprised us. Had a fantastic year, made it down to Annapolis, um, and then you know, got eliminated on that. Uh, I think I don't know if they survived the first round or not. I don't recall. I don't have anything in front of me. But um, I haven't really been able to keep up with them this year. Do you know what's going on out uh, at Ohio University? Yeah, so, you know, uh, the Midwest Conference, they just all met last week. Um, Cincinnati came out on top of all three games, so they're the leader in that division. Um, Ohio University came out 2-1, and one, and then Michigan uh, is also, what, I think 3-3-1. Three, three and one. They, they played a lot of other Midwest independent teams from the Great Lakes League, um, and really the only outliers would be Ohio State had a rough weekend, not winning any game in their conference. So, Ouch. Yeah, so, um, and they're going to see each other again in the Midwest Invitational in two weeks. So uh, where are they playing that? They're, that's all going to be held at Ohio State. At Ohio State. Yeah. Wow. And good segue into we talk about I, I know you have things in front of you. You're going through schedules. I'm going through. I'm on an <laughs> iPad looking at emails. Um, can you give us an update on the replacement for Lax Power, a, a possible website where all this stuff will be uh, aggregated? Yeah, that, that is a great segue. Um, so what, what we've decided to do and, and one thing um, in-house, we will have Julie is doing all the schedules. What I've tried to do this week is get all the division one schedules independently. That way we have two separate databases that then will merge and then upload to lax bites. Next week I'll, I'll start doing the division two in terms of reaching out, getting all the results, but also the future scheduling. Um, so we're asking everyone to email her as well as myself just for backup copies. Um, what allows us to do to see who we're <clears> missing. Um, because again, excuse me, in three weeks, we'll have to start announcing you know, playoffs and, and, and that process really begins now, especially for Division Two. Uh, we start projecting of who could host, who's going to be the top one or two seed. Do they have the fields? Do they have it Saturday? Do they have it Sunday? Do they have two fields versus one? Um, that really is a month long process. So, does uh, that's what we're really working on. Should should all the teams be sending changes to their scheduling directly to her? Yes, because yeah. I, I I see messages on Instagram. I see I get texts sometimes. People <laughs> yeah. tweet it. Hey, just let and I, I you know where should all you know? And this is for me too, not just the guys who are running these teams. Right. Where where should that be going to where she gets it immediately? Right. So ideally for her, it's nclo at nclax dot com, 
I've been using social media a lot, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, what have you, to reach out to teams. seems to be very quick. Um, and then I've been also asking teams to email me at the old email that we still use for generalities, which is nclinfo at gmail.com. But it mostly goes to Julie, but I'm just trying to take off some of the workload. You know, um, she's relatively new to the league, so I, I, I know that overall records as well as the in-conference records. So if a team like you said at Rowan, like Lincoln played, who's an independent school, well, we know to put that in the overall side, not within the in-conference or when right. Division One, Two team – Division one teams play division two, just an extra set of eyes. Cause it's a lot of information coming through. Um, but then it will all be uploaded lax bites. And what we're asking is every team to go take a look at their schedule. You know, is there a mistake? Do we have it correct? Um, and then we'll get it finally tuned. So it's kind of a new process, but yeah, it is 99% there new. Yeah. Not only, you know, new website, new process first year, you know, having to do it without lax power. So learning, learning curve. Uh, you know, and I think it's the same for the teams too. They're not quite sure you know, where they should be sending this. And it, they might be having a conversation with us through Instagram or Twitter, and then that's just their go-to to send us information. So I, there are certain teams, if I have a question about a player, uh, who did this, what scored this, I, I, there are certain people I email, there are certain people I hit on social media. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just as bad as this as everybody else in terms of, hey, a one-stop shop, you know, send me the email or send that to NCL. At least now I know. Um, so if I get any more information coming through social media, I'll need to redirect it back to the site. So you mentioned how we're coming down to the end of the year for the playoffs. Is there any news on playoffs in terms of location championship weekend? Yeah. So, um, you know, five years ago, we decided to wherever we went, um, it used to rotate annually, which was confusing. So we went to the rotation of where we have it. We'll be there for two years. So, you know, fortunately Navy had it last year. So it's going through the superintendent's office. Now, um, everything is passing. So, we're 99% going to be at Navy March 4th and 5th. They just have to put the signature on it, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, but everything is set for Navy. Okay. Rip Miller, just like last year. Yeah, Rip Miller <clears throat> and the, uh, the Admiral Farragut Field at the very corner of the Chesapeake Bay and Seven River. So gotcha. both fields again. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fun. Yeah, great complex. Great place to play lacrosse. There's a great, great vibe down there. Those were, uh, those were two great days. We really enjoyed it. So what do we got coming up before then? We have... So busy weekend this week that you touched on. And then is it next week where we have the Beltway Bash? Right. Yep. This is, a, you know, besides for, you know, the games at Albany, there's games of Ohio and Vermont at Penn State. Uh, Penn's coming down for a weekend. They're playing Maryland um, and, and as well as then Georgetown and Navy on Sunday. You got the Beltway Bash at Maryland as well as, uh, let me see here, for, for that following week, which I apologize. Um you know, you have other games at Stony Brook, such as UMass and Hofstra will be there the following weekend. Um, and as we talked about with Albany, pretty much the next two weekends, you know, they have nine or 12 games. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, hey, when you have, you know, when you're up north, you got to you got to get it in when you get it in. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, and it's a good system for them. It works well. You know, some teams are close enough where you can do an individual game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, every region kind of does it on, on their own way. Sure. You know, whatever, whatever floats their boat, so to speak. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, how'd your NCAA bracket turn out? I haven't looked at it for a while. <laughs> I, I know I had Duke winning it all. Well, that's not good. Did, but 
I, I, it's kind of like throwing darts on a board because I don't follow basketball that much. Right. Um, I don't know. How about yours? Um, I, well, I'm, I, I won mine, but it's done already because no one in my, in my grouping had anyone left in the final four. So we, that's how bad that was. I think I won with something like 63 points. Um, and there's no reason for us to keep tracking it. Because no right. one, no one has anyone in the finals. Right. So yeah, that's how good that was. So I almost lost to my ten-year-old son. Um, <laughs> yeah, and one of my daughters who was picking uh, names because of the, whoever the mascot was, if they could win in a fight. So if a turtle, you know, was going, if a turtle was playing a lion, well, obviously a lion, you know, kill the turtle. Right. So she'd pick that team, yeah, and she almost won. So hey, it's not an exact science. I know people that have four or five of these things, and they do one by rankings, one by favorites. So. It was all. It was interesting to ask some of the guys out at the uh, at the Rowan tournament last weekend how they were doing on it, and see guys in college who are just all about it, and then other guys who are like, "I don't even follow basketball," type of thing. So yeah, well, I mean, and, and one thing because <clears throat> I, I've been with the league for a long time, I kind of choose nickel teams over MCLA teams just by <laughs> choice. So I kind of go with that philosophy, you know. Right. It, it, to me, it's a great rivalry. I mean, you know, it's fun, and that's why we're excited for for Temple to go see Pitt, West Virginia. Um, it's, it's exciting for that. That's great. Anything else you wanted to add or touch on this week before we close it out? This is a quick one this week. Uh, no guests. So yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, I've been trying to track scheduling for, you know, April 26th, 27th, the 28th in terms of that's what we leave open as playoffs. But if teams aren't playoff bound, they can certainly keep playing if they want to. But for the teams that will be invited, we just ask to keep that open that weekend open because we don't know exactly when those games will be played yet. Um, and again, for, for Division One, it's a single game, then the winners go to the Elite Eight. For Division Two, it's whoever wins the conference championship, which then is considered the conference champion and gets the AQ. Um, and so you, you have two games, and the winners play in the championship. So um, right now is when we're beginning to get all those, those fields. Um, so if, if, if you're a team that has scheduled those dates, just be wary of that, that we may ask you to, to play those earlier or – you know, before the playoffs actually begin. What kind of organizational nightmare is it scheduling the playoffs? Um, how do you do it per, per conference? Is it a conference call? Is it you're calling the conference, that whoever's winning that division? How, how do you do that? So it's all on their records internally. Um, so, for example, let's, you, you take the, the Empire, where luckily the Empire is east and west, so you, you take the top two teams. Um, for like a Chesapeake, since it's only one, you take the top four teams. Um, and in some other areas like the New York Metro and New England Conference, we, we combine them together. Um, so it really is um, not a logistical nightmare, but sometimes it seems like chaos. But it's really just the flexibility of getting the communication out, having the presidents or the coaches check with their schools. Uh, last year, it was great that you know, Ohio University uh, met James Madison in West Virginia because there was no way to get the teams to travel to one other site. So it comes down to teams respecting each other and and sometimes doing what you have to while maybe not liking it, but realizing in the bigger scheme of things, it works out to everyone's advantage if we all kind of give in a little bit. So who's selecting like the sites and game times and things of that nature? Is that done by the teams or is that done by the NCLL? So that's, that's really done by us. We'll select the sites, but then they select the times in terms of the facilities. Um, we do put a committee together to make sure that the information we have in-house, we have coaches look at it. You know, especially for Division One, about who are the top 16 teams. Um, we try not to send, let's say, Vermont down to Virginia. That's logistically impossible. So sometimes it's 
regionally, geographically selected. You know, we don't try to have a number four play number five or a number two play number three because that's not equitable at all. Um, so there, again, there's some geographical, you know, um, it's kind of like the NCAA where they only want one team to fly. So the other team has to be local. Right. You know, for us, you know, we want to send a Towson up to Syracuse or Vermont to Virginia. So, you know, a Towson might play Virginia and a Syracuse might play Vermont and they may be close in rankings, but it kind of works out, you know? Sure. And, and, and that's not to say that's what we're doing this year. That's just an example. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, and, and every year, and every year, to be honest, it's different. And sometimes I know three years ago, a couple teams couldn't make it because of graduation or what have you. Uh, and the first two seeds got a buy. They got a buy right to the elite eight. And so the other 14 teams played. Um, gotcha. You know, we're all about inclusion though, as much as we can get everyone to play, but you know, some teams just can't, they can't participate and we understand that. So, and that's also a great aspect. And I'm glad you brought it up Woody. Um, the teams that go to playoffs, the expectation is if you win to travel, to the elite eight um we don't like to have any holes there um so if, if you know that you can't travel we just ask for you to not to accept your bid right and we can take another team that wants to play and can make it um you know i know i know two years ago kentucky won and i think they were surprised um and but yet they couldn't get out of out of their own state because of uh they couldn't get any buses because the kentucky derby was that same weekend oh. and so fortunately last year knowing that they're more prepared and we were too it was just a shame that they couldn't celebrate and be at the elite eight, but they fixed it. So it was, it was and it was great seeing them last year. Um, uh, they made it out to, to an, and of course they run into VMI the first day and it, 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 it ended quickly, but uh, they were in great spirits and it was great to see Kentucky last year. So yeah, ho- and, hopefully we'll have that mean, same situation where nobody misses and everybody can make it. That would be great. Right. And, and that really, and, and that's, that's the hardest point in terms of cost and time and, if you have that 9 a.m. game, whether it's Division One or Division Two, and you come from far, far away, and then by 10:30 a.m. you're finished because we don't have <laughs> constellation rounds, most right? Teams don't plan. But then, you know, what, what most teams have done, like a Kentucky or a Chattanooga, they make a weekend of it. They're like, no matter what we do, we're spending the entire weekend there because it's a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, several people discussed that with them on their way to the buses as they were going back and forth from the uh, the ones the rendezvous uh, the rendezvous point before they could get in on the base. And, they, you know, they had an early exit and they were disappointed. But, you know, hey, they were in Annapolis. It was, you know, a beautiful weekend. There's a million things to do. I mean, you can walk right to, you know, downtown to Main Street in Annapolis and there's a million things right there. So, no, it's a great – it's not isolated. It's a beautiful place to be. And uh, I think almost everybody who I spoke to um, disappointed in the loss, but they were excited to be there. They had a blast. They were excited to be a part of the championship and to have it in Annapolis was great. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot. This is really where all that time and effort comes into. Yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. I mean, we're gonna be drinking out of a fire hose, so to speak. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great that way, you know. Yes, it is. All right, man. Well, this turned out to be very informative for for something we kept putting off for two days straight. Um, <laughs> Um, good stuff as always thank you again for taking the time out to chat with us on some of this stuff and guys uh, have a listen share this with your friends you can find this podcast uh, on Apple Podcast and uh, you can find us on uh, the website at nclax.com Facebook Instagram and Twitter I am Paul Woody and Jamie again thank you very much yeah I love our time together trust me and and for those of you that don't know Paul and I must speak you know and text 10 times a day so (laughs) It's a lot of fun. This is actually one of the few times where we get to spend a little bit of time right. um, talking lacrosse this way instead of 
tracking and getting prepared for the weekend. So, right. You know. Yeah, I get that. When do you want to do a podcast? Do you want to do this? And then five minutes before we're supposed to do it, hey, can we do this later? And yeah. then I, how many did I hit you with tonight where it was seven thirty is not good for me. How about nine thirty? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, life's crazy here. Let me call you back. Oh, wait a minute. No, seven thirty is good. And then we, <laughs> we did it at seven thirty. Well, and, and I think that's one thing for our student athletes to remember is you, everyone thinks whatever they're doing is rough, but life always gives you more and you're able to handle it, you know? So, you know, everyone's lives is, is, is difficult, but if you, if you can manage your time, good things happen. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, we, had we had to push this off for a couple of days. So I'm glad that we got it in and, and can't wait for next week to see what teams we can invite. Oh, and I, I do want to mention this to anyone's listening because um, a guy from Xavier hit us up with this on Instagram earlier. Um, the polls are released on Tuesday and Wednesday. So our D1 and D2 all pro sports uh, national rankings go up. They go up on the website first. So if you go to NCLLAX.com and you look at the headers, you'll see the conference information. You click on that and you'll see our D1 and D2 rankings by week. So they go up as soon as they're released. Um, I put them out on Twitter usually a day after when I find a photo and I have to do some editing. So we don't officially release them on Instagram. They're actually on the website. So if it is a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning and you haven't seen the polls yet because you've been waiting for them to get posted on Instagram, go to the website. That's where, they're, that's where they are. They go up immediately. Um, and again, that's NCLLAX.com. And uh, it, it's not as a main story. Um, there's actually a separate page on the website where we post our rankings by week, this week being week eight. Um, and you can click down and see that uh, by D1 and D2. So it's a quicker way to get the rankings if you don't want to wait for the Instagram post. So cool, cool. And, and I tell you, they, we've been hit up a lot this week. So teams are definitely excited. Yes, you can you see. Know, yep. Winning and losing. So I, I've never seen the amount of uh, attention, which is great. And we've gotten this year, you know, 10 times the amount of feedback and discussion um, as opposed to last year, um, people sending information on games and uh, you know, uh, goals and stats and things of that nature. Again, you know, we want to funnel them through that one website because, I, I, Jamie, I see you are having conversations with people on social media, getting scores and, hey, did you win by this? So, um, yeah, yeah if, you, if you can get it to NCLL at NCLLAX.com, um, that would be great. All right. Well, we'll be, let's see, I think I'm at Towson and Loyola tomorrow night. And where are you this weekend? <laughs> I'll probably hit um, Penn at Navy. Um, and then on Sunday, I may be at Hofstra. Um, there, I mean, there's just a slew of games. I may watch George, or I'm sorry, Salisbury, uh, Salisbury at Navy tomorrow night. Um, I'm still looking at Saturday. And then, and then Sunday it's wide open. I'm not sure if I'm going to be getting up at 4 a.m. or not or just keep it local. Um, <laughs> So it's a lot of teams that we haven't seen. We want to get to as many as we can. It's it's not a weekend unless you're you know traveling 900 miles, man. Come on, <laughs> you're, you're you're slacking. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, it's just good to, to get different conferences and, and get more feedback personally. You know, especially talking with parents and the players and see what's sure. going on. I mean, well, um, it's it, it's great to have photographers. It is and video people there too, where we can't get there. Right. Um, we'll have we'll have Mike Wells out at Loyola again this week or Louisville for us this weekend. We also have a gentleman up in Albany. He'll be shooting the Rutgers, Sals, uh, Rutgers, Syracuse, and Albany games for us on Sunday. So, yeah, check out the website this weekend. We'll have uh, lots of stuff going on. And it'll probably take me a couple of days to get tomorrow's. We're going to be shooting some video for the first time. Um, and then we got a, uh, we got East Coast Dyes, Greg Keneally, lined up to shoot some video for us at the Beltway Bash. So really excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun in terms of also – 
the level of play, but also the product that's coming out in terms of the video and pictures. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, we're trying to get it better and better. Always getting it better. All right, Jamie, will you enjoy the rest of your night? And I'm sure I'll talk to you bright and early. And, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate the support. Uh, this has been the NCLL Weekly Podcast. All right, take care.